and gentlemen, welcome to the Balls Deep Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. A podcast dedicated to the Balls Deep Dynasty Fantasy Football League right here in Ireland. Your host, Alan Byrne, alongside as ever, Boo Earns himself, Owen Byrne. Owen, what's cracking? All good, Alan, all good. Another uh, great weekend of football. Thanksgiving weekend is always fun. The extra games on a Thursday. Yeah, it's good crack. It sure was, yeah. Lots to talk about as usual, of course. Those Thanksgiving gives us lots of giving of football with three big games across that evening. And uh, as you say, yeah, lots to talk about uh, over the weekend. Yeah, uh, I always enjoy Thanksgiving. I love that Thursday with the three games. Um, you know, and I had uh, at least one good game in there anyway. <laughs> There was indeed. Well, let's get into it and talk about it. Let's hit the news. But let me hit you with some knowledge. Yeah, Thanksgiving uh, Thanksgiving even kicked off Thursday evening with the Lions, of course, as ever, hosting. Uh, This time the Chicago Bears. Your Bears went in. And uh, got a win, squeaked it out, 16-14. to 14. Kyrgios Santos, the kicker, kicking a win field goal in the end, winner for the Bears. Yeah, uh, Bears put out the W, which was a, it was a pretty bad game, to be fair. Um, although, the Red Rifle came out slinging, he had over 300 yards. But yeah, um, a good drive at the end by the Bears to really run down that clock and just tee it up for Santos. Yeah, poor old Lions now, all 10-1, again beaten by a last-minute field goal. This team could be similar to yourself on a 4-7 and seven and things kind of fall in their way this season, but not not to be had. Yeah, pretty thankful that we didn't give them that first win. <laughs> <laughs> Lots to be thankful for. <laughs> <laughs> of course, as you talked about, there was one outstanding standing game and it was indeed as usual the Cowboys were hosts this time to the Las Vegas Raiders came into town a shootout ensued and the Raiders win it 36 to 33 in a classic yeah cracking game here almost 750 yards of passing between uh, both teams and yeah total shootout and a great one over nice overtime win for uh the Raiders keeping them in their the playoff mix. Absolutely did, yeah. Derek Carr, first QB in Raiders history, with three hundred plus passing yards on a Thanksgiving game. Thanksgiving a, was rounded out. He is, he is. Thanksgiving rounded out late on a Thursday night. The Buffalo Bills travelled to New Orleans. And took their first victory in New Orleans. Actually, against New Orleans since 1998. Big win. 31-6. to The Bills up and down a few weeks. Going an up trajectory. Yeah, uh, definitely an important win for the Bills to get back, kind of get back on track. And with the Patriots going so well, that division's a lot tighter than people might have imagined at the start of the year. Uh, very depleted Saints team. Uh, a lot of lads missing. So, uh, unsurprisingly, they are trash. 
They are indeed. But they're going to get better, Owen. Trevor <laughs> Simeon's going to be replaced this week by Taysom Hill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a running back tight end hybrid uh, is now going to play quarterback. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> I wouldn't be optimistic if I was tough. living in New Orleans. <laughs> Well, Sunday had a lot of action going on. The Dolphins got a big win at home. 33 points to 10 against the Panthers. A tale of two quarterbacks here. Tua Tungavailoa. Highest completion percentage of 87.1 in a game by a Miami quarterback ever. With plus 30 pass attempts. On the other side, Cam is bad. Bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tua has been very impressive since he came back from injury. Uh, we saw we were at the game. He came back in for the second half against the Ravens. And uh, he's been mightily impressive, I have to say. Uh, making a lot of good throws. Um, not really making the some of the terrible decisions we saw him making last year. Uh, he's much more settled. His feet are settled more. And uh, he's willing to move the legs if he needs to. And, uh, ah, sure, look, we, we, talk, we spoke about Cam before. We talked about the Panthers coming back down to earth. Uh, look, it was all fun and games. When he, his first game back, he got the two touchdowns, said he was back. But he really is back now, throwing like this. This is Cam. So now he's back. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed he is. And question about Tua. So, as you said, he's been mightily impressive now a couple of weeks. If he pushes the Dolphins on now for the final five, six, seven weeks of the season. Uh, you know, if the Dolphins are five and seven now, could be in a playoff shout if they got another three or four wins. Uh, where does that leave the Dolphins with uh, Deshaun Watson if uh, if Tua continues to sling it? Uh, look, in the offseason, I think if the right offer is there, they're going to go with Deshaun Watson. I mean, it's definitely a huge upgrade. He's one of the best quarterbacks we've seen in recent years. I mean, playing in a bad team for a bad organization, he's still been putting up wildly good numbers. And I think you have to take your shot on them because they've got, you know, they've got enough on defense that you could go far in a playoff run. And they've got some nice pieces on offense too. Maybe uh, with Jalen Waddle coming along, uh, he's kind of that stud receiver they've been missing. Kasiki's been having a good year. They get that running game a little more um, competitive uh, with Deshaun Watson. They could go a real deep run in the playoffs. But two has been doing well, and he's not going to go down without a fight. Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, it's going to be an interesting decision. I'd love to see him push on and really, uh, I don't know. I don't know if he continues to sling and the Dolphins can make that playoff push this year. I think giving up three first-rounders or whatever it's going to cost to get Watson in could be a mistake if two... Uh, can keep the progressing, you know. Yeah, I think that that like the price of three first rounders is probably a bit too high, because it's probably going to involve trading two anyway. So, I don't know. That's that's a lot to be given up if Tua does progress. But you know, it's still a huge upgrade. Watson is outstanding. Oh, he's outstanding! Absolutely, absolutely. Sunday also had a few. Uh few uh, pretty trash games uh, the Falcons overcame the Jags 21 to 14 struggles continue for the number one pick Trevor Lawrence but Matty Ice gets his f- is now 4-0 in his career against Jacksonville he wishes 
he could play Jacksonville every week. The Giants got a victory over their rivals, the Eagles, 13-7. to And now we won two straight against Philly. And uh, the Jets pull out a win on the road, 21-14. Their first win against Houston since 2010. But uh, all in all, pretty trash games. Yeah, some pretty uh, mundane action here, to be fair. Um, the Jets doing what they love to do, uh, ruining their chances at getting a first pick uh, in the draft. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, some pretty mundane action here, really, and not unsurprising results, in a way. Um, it's been a been a rough year for a lot of those teams. Indeed it has. A couple of big, big, big wins on Sunday evening. The Bengals, man, they hammered the Steelers, 41-10. to Ben Roethlisberger has lost three straight starts against Cincinnati for the first time in his career. Joe Mixon, though, had a day. Multiple running yards, multiple air yards, multiple touchdowns. Big, big statement for the Bengals. Yeah, a uh, big statement for the Bengals here. Uh, old man Ben, uh, really, uh, father time has really caught him up here and really was on show for, for everyone to see here in a big divisional game. They were really poor and he in particular was very poor. But yeah, a uh, big day for Mixon again. Um, multiple touchdowns. He actually had uh, no receiving yards. He was a negative receiving years. <laughs> but uh, plenty on the ground, 165 on the ground. He's getting a lot of touches. I mean, that's um, the important part is over the past couple of years, we've seen maybe Mixon not getting as many touches as people would like, but he's getting them all this year and uh, really showing what he can do with them. Indeed he has. When Tom Brady left New England the year before last... Everyone expected them to really have to reset the clock. Last year wasn't so good, but this year they are rocking once more. And right up there at the top of the AFC, a big win against the Tennessee Titans at home. 36-13. Big Mac showing all he can. And New England have outscored their opponents 135-33. to over the last three home games, they are cooking. Yeah, they're rolling here for sure. Um, defense a big part to play in the two. They are stout on defense against the run and pass. But yeah, Big Mac been absolutely clinical, really. Um, been really set on his feet. Have been really set. Uh, passes have been on point and uh, not making any of those rookie mistakes you generally see he's uh really a uh, mind the ball which is uh, an important part when you're especially when you're a rookie absolutely he is he is and uh future looking bright for uh what seems to be a very composed signal caller elsewhere speaking of tom brady he brought his champion tampa bay buccaneers into indianapolis what turned out to be a shootout there as well. But they took the victory 38-31. to Brady now has a 9-0 record against Indianapolis since 2010, including the playoffs. 
but the Colts seemed to shy away from their use of Jonathan Taylor until the end when he started to stomp all over them. Weird, weird decisions. Yeah, it definitely took them a while to get the run game going for sure, um, the Colts, but this was actually a great game. Um, another bit of a shootout, end-to-end stuff, and four, Lenny, four tuddies uh, had a day. He sure did, Leonard Fournette, four touchdowns and fantasy player of the week. Elsewhere, the Broncos dished out another loss to a very disappointing LA Chargers team. 28-13, Pats are 10 at two interceptions on the day. But both teams are 6-5. and five. So much potential uh, at LA, uh, particularly, and uh, just not being able to put it together. Yeah, they've really struggled the last couple of weeks, even on offense. I mean, it's not, they're not flowing. Um, it's very stop start, a lot of bad mistakes, um, poor penalties given away regularly, and still have never uh, been able to sort out that run defense at all. Teams are just able to run over them at will and. If you can't stop the run, then you can't keep the ball in your hands because the other team can just keep possession. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. No, it's they were uh, one of my picks uh, to be right up there at the top of the AFC. And uh, while they're they're not that far away, uh, it just hasn't really worked out. One of the big big games of the weekend: the Packers hosted the Rams. This one ended with the Packers victorious 36-28. And that scoreline probably a bit flattering to the LA Rams. Yeah, a little bit flattering to the Rams to be fair. Packers were in control of this one from essentially the outset really. Um, never looked like they would uh, really lose the game. And they look strong going forward. They're going to be uh, difficult to beat for anyone uh, in the home stretch of the season. They are sitting as the number one seed, and we talked about this. If they end up the number one seed, going to be very difficult to beat at home with home field advantage. Elsewhere, the San Francisco 49ers got a huge win at home against the Minnesota Vikings. Both teams 5-5 five and five on the playoff bubble coming into this one. 49ers take a 34-26. Debo Samuel. The first wide receiver with two rushing touchdowns in the game in the Super Bowl era. That guy's just a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, 100%. He can pretty much do it all. He's big enough to do it all. He can bounce off fellas, catch it, run it. He's uh, got lightning speed. Uh, he's he's great, really, to be fair. And the Niners know how to use him. I mean, this is a system that's built to utilize players such as Debo and his skill set. Late night, Sunday night, it was scheduled to be a good one. Ravens played the Browns. Turned out to be pretty tough watching as both quarterbacks just seemed to pass it back and forth to the wrong team. But the Ravens took it out 16-10. to They keep themselves top of the AFC and the Browns a lot of work to do to make the playoffs. Yeah, uh, look, these these are the games you kind of have. Um, all teams have these kind of games where... Not everything goes your way, but they're still pulling out the win. So the Ravens have done well here. Um, big in-division game as well. Uh, they're going to be... Look, they're a difficult matchup for everyone because 
they can stop the run. And Lamar can just beat you on his own. He could just have a day where you can't stop him. I mean, if you watch back the game and watch the amount of times Clowney and Garrett get in the backfield and they just can't get him on the ground. He's just sidestepping him, spinning away. I mean, I know he threw a lot of interceptions here, but, you know, he's he's the kind of guy that shakes that off. He never lets stuff like that get him down. It's, it's on to the next play. So uh, they're going to be a tricky matchup for anyone. The Browns just haven't had the season people were expecting. Um, I've said many occasions I don't think Baker's good enough to lead them anywhere uh, far, and I think he's proven it. I mean, apparently he's carrying several injuries. Every time he's walking off the field, he's limping or hobbling or holding his arm or... I don't know. It's He's a bit of a nuisance now for me, and I'll be shocked if they resign him. And it's hard to believe that they haven't turned to Case Keenum throughout this, where, where Keenum has shown in the past, particularly working alongside Stefanski in Minnesota, he's well able to carry a team and carry a team through playoffs. Absolutely, and one absolutely one of the better backups in the league. Um, t- t- real steady. Not, you know, not a world beater, not going to go out and Maybe put the team in his back and get you a lot of wins, but not going to give you a lot of losses either. Not going to be doing stupid things with the ball. Very smart guy. Um, it's uh, a little bit shocking. I don't even think it's a backward step. I think it's a sideways move between him and Baker, really. Yeah, yeah. Lamar Jackson actually threw four interceptions that game, and he's the first quarterback to do so and win since 2013. Which was done by the Red Rifle. See? You know, it's good genes. It's a good stat line. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> Finally, the week rounded out. Monday night. Another oh, slugfest is the nicest way to put this one. Washington football team claim a victory over the Seattle Seahawks. 17-15. to They lost their kicker during the match, which... Uh, Led to some dubious fourth down uh, plays, but the Seattle Seahawks just a mess at the moment. Yeah, they're they're awful, really. Uh, both sides of the ball, they can't do anything. Uh, in a sense, uh, play calling seems baffling, and they're just not getting the ball in the player in their like best player's hands. I mean, it's totally weird. Um, hard to see. Russ being there next year, to be honest, uh, looks like they need a total reset, including a new head coach. I think uh, Pete Carroll has kind of come to the end of his tether now. Indeed he has. As a 49ers fan, I am not sad about that. Anyway, (laughs) we've talked about, every week, injuries mounting up. I don't think there's been a week so far this season where we've had the size of names listed as we have this week. I mean, we're talking about almost the entire top of the running back class got injured this weekend. What you got, on? Yeah, a lot of studs on the list this week. Uh, um, biggest name on the list, of course, Christian McCaffrey. He uh, re-aggravated his ankle injury and is now done for the year. Uh, Dalvin Cook, shoulder injury. Looks like he's going to miss a couple of weeks. Probably going to be back by the end of the season, but, you know, maybe not for fantasy-related stuff. Uh, DeAndre Swift, also shoulder injury. 
Ezekiel Elliott, we know he's been carrying a knee injury for the last couple of weeks. Now they're talking about maybe keeping him out in this coming week to uh, help him rest it and get well. Uh, Miles Sanders re-aggravated his ankle injury. Uh, unknown how much time he may or may not miss. Uh, expect him to not play this week, but uh, something to keep an eye on. Also, tight end position, Darren Waller. Um, he had a, a strain to his IT band, so it's difficult to know how much time he'll miss. If he'll miss any, they're hopeful they might get him going this week, but uh, he could miss up to three weeks. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, uh, rookie tight end in Pittsburgh, uh, is in concussion protocol, so hard to know whether he'll be able to play this week. Uh, Debo Samuel, groin strain, uh, difficult one. A uh, really difficult one to come back for uh, receivers. Uh, often they struggle and keeps them out maybe a little more extended time. So expect him to miss multiple weeks. And Randall Cobb had a was having a big first half for the Packers the other night. And he strained his groin. Didn't come back in the second half. Expect him to miss time. Also just another one to keep an eye on is Teddy Bridgewater. He went out in the first half of the Denver game. Did come back in the second half but... Definitely worth keeping in mind whether he's going to be able to start this week. Indeed, indeed. Added to that, of course, Amari Cooper has been out the last two games through COVID. And uh, chances not looking great. He's going to be back for third. Apparently he's back at training, but still not feeling the best. And uh, COVID taking its toll on those unvaccinated players. Yeah, we saw some players struggle to come back uh, last year as well. They were still a bit ill. Lamar Jackson struggled when he first came back from having COVID and stuff. So, you know, it takes its toll differently on everybody and he's just struggling a little bit. Indeed. Alrighty, let's look at the Week 12 Ballsy Dynasty Fantasy Rundowns. Uh. Week 12 saw the league head back into some pivotal interdivisional matchups. Our game of the week was pegged by me last week as being the game of the week, and so it turned out as the 6 and 5 unnecessary roughness took on the 5 and 6 Greensdale human beings. Unnecessary roughness got out to a healthy lead from Thursday's Thanksgiving action as Gallup and Mooney hit the teens. And a huge 28.7 night for Josh Allen set them up nicely. Greensdale's in response only had Sanders put up 5.8 points in a poor outing, which just eclipsed the 5.3 put up by an injured Darren Waller for unnecessary roughness. And so to Sunday, unnecessary roughness had a 90% chance of winning this one at one stage in the early going. More duds, however, in the form of Sutton and Anderson wouldn't help, along with a surprising dud from Najee Harris. Greensdale's human beings would have their own duds from Pitts, Tannehill and the returning Zach Wilson, who would only just get over 10 points. But as the evening changed to night, the Bucks, D and Scott hit the teens. Adams and Johnson would get over 18 points each. And a returning Cordero Patterson would smash the Jags for 27 and a half points. Win now firmly in their sales with two matches remaining and a 12 point cushion. 
Unnecessary roughness would wait overnight to see how Lamar Jackson would fare against the Browns. The answer? Not good. Four interceptions and only one touchdown. 13.4 points only. Giving them a lead of just 2.4 points as we head to Monday night. Greensdale's human beings had Seahawks starting running back Alex Collins to play. He had a poor effort on the ground providing only 1.4 points. But in the second quarter he took a pass into the flat and ran for 13 yards. A further 1.3 points to win by the smallest of margins of just half a point. Or was it? Washington football safety Landon Collins chased him down, swung a left club and punched the ball from his grasp. A fumble! Minus two points. And Alex Collins rightly benched by his coach for most of the rest of the game. And so a seventh win of the season for unnecessary roughness by just 1.72 points gives a huge boon to their playoff championship hopes. A heartbreaking seventh loss of the season for Greensdale's human beings means a meaningful postseason is now out of their hands. Huzzah! <laughs> How you won this is a joke. <laughs> Oh, talk about skittier teeth. Big loss for Green. I mean, really, it's going to put a dent in his uh, in his year. And, you know, it looks unlikely a playoff run is now possible for him. But, look, as we as we see in this matchup, stranger things have happened. But uh, definitely a definitely a big, uh, big dent. He needed this one. And the way he's lost it is... Uh, you know, it's pretty sucky. <laughs> oh, it's heartbreaking. I said it. That's, I said it. It's, hard, it's heartbreaking. The joys, the joys of fantasy football. But look, to be fair, there's there's a lot of uh, Najee Harris. I think is the standout dud of uh, in this matchup this week. Only a six point seven point outing. That's uh, you know, not what we've been ex- seeing or expecting from Najee. Uh, really, they didn't give him the ball that much. They only eleven times. Uh, had the ball in his hands this week, and that's not what they should be doing. That's why the Steelers got hammered. Hence, <laughs> they lost, absolutely. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, look, I'll absolutely take the win. Uh, as I said, I sat there all day Monday just thinking, how have I not won this game, been so far ahead for so long? And uh, to wake up Tuesday morning to wonder, how have I won this game? But here we go. Yeah, big and win for you. Uh, real important in your playoff ups. So um, that's it's a huge one. Well, the beatdown of the week, not for the first time, featured that's so Ravens. But this time, they were on the receiving end from QB Antivax. That's so Ravens saw a one-point effort from Fairbairn and a goose egg from an outclassed Steelers defense. After that, it was solid double-digit scoring across the board once more. Only Matt Stafford would hit over 20 though. A reasonable 137.98 points scored was enough to beat 7 other teams this week. But not Ben's side. Oh, I failed to mention that CMC played for Datso Ravens this week and scored just 3.5 points before going off injured. This was the second time CMC left a game injured this season 
And it's the second time it has come when Steven has faced Ben. Ben learned from past mistakes, kept his mouth and his texts shut down this time. Fournette hit 44, Mixon hit 32, Wentz hit 21. A handful of duds aside, Brown, Dallas, Cousins and the Ravens D all chipped in for double digit scores and a week's top score of 178.66 was assured. QB Andy Vax's up and down season has them 6-6. Six and six. Still on the outside of the playoffs by just one spot and one game. With a winnable game in week 13, all eyes would be on a week 14 showdown that will decide their fate. As for that, so Ravens, two now lost on the bounce, their early season form beginning to elude them. Sort of reminds me of Ben from last year. However, they're still on top of the division on 8 and 4 but have a tough week 13 matchup ahead where a loss could see them drop into the murky playoff scrap <laughs> oh big win for Ben this week uh, one he definitely needed to keep his uh, playoff hopes uh, it was like he was running angry after uh, a shocking loss last week uh, he's uh, definitely angry about it and Stevens felt the pain of it here. Obviously, the huge weeks from uh, Mixon and in particular Leonard Fournette, a huge helping in uh, getting a big W for Ben. Yeah, sure was. Sure was. One he had to have and one he got. One he got. Yeah, definitely uh, didn't look uh, like the easiest matchup coming in this week, but uh, Stevens sliding a little. He needs to steady the ship a small bit. Yeah, albeit, as I said, he's fairly solid scoring, just not enough of it this week. Uh, uh, but could have beaten a lot of other opponents, but uh, not to be, not to be. Yeah, losing CMC is definitely, uh, you know, the big hit. But uh, he's got plenty of fire firepower to keep his uh, season on track. Indeed he does. Well, Game 3 was certainly the shocker of the week. The high-flying, league-leading, 9-2. and two. I got this, I really do. Were taken out unceremoniously by the four and seven Walking Dead. Damage was done in this one on Thanksgiving. Walking Dead had Elliot Montgomery Schultz and the Red Rifle Andy Dalton all play and all play well. Double digits each and a healthy 50 plus point lead. I got this could not recover sufficiently. Johnson Foreman Williams Godwin and the Washington football team's defense would all fail to reach 10 points. Topped off with a swing and a miss. And a tight end Ferkser gaining just 0.7 points. Folk, Rogers, Thielen and Debo would keep them in it, but they wouldn't really threaten. Walking Dead saw Williams and the Dolphins D hit more than 20 each, while Claypool and the Monday night outing for Lockett would claim double points and ease them to a 17-point win. Walking Dead are now 5-7 and seven, and two games back from unnecessary roughness in the final playoff spot. But still, they're in the hunt. If they can win out, including a win over unnecessary roughness in week 14, and other results go their way. 
They could be another sneaky run on the cards. I got this, they're now 9-3. and three. A win away from claiming the number one seed, but confirmed in the 2021 Balls Deep Dynasty playoffs. But they've got two monstrous divisional games ahead against Unnecessary Roughness and Greensdale's Human Beings. Surely they can't drop it now. At this stage, surely. They could drop it. I mean, it's... <laughs> Ross is in a he's had a he's had a bad bad week here. Um if you even uh, pay close attention to Nick Falk getting twenty points as your kicker, maybe even flattering the score a little bit with that with that big kicker performance. But look running back hell this week for uh, for Ross. Um with that uh, injury to Aaron Jones, he came back, he didn't play uh, you know, full snaps or anything like that and Clyde Edwards Hilaire was on by, so um Starting some uh, meager looking running backs uh, certainly didn't help his cause this week. And look, it's, there's a nice week for Keane here. Um, he's had some nice scoring pretty much across the board. Uh, no one really letting him down uh, at huge, to huge effect. But uh, pretty steady week and not the highest scoring games. But uh, look, it's always sore when you lose to Keane. So, you know, Ross is going to be licking his wounds this week. Um I think he'll uh, be back stronger than ever next week. He's still a difficult matchup for anyone. He's got a he's got a good team there. It's gonna be hard to beat. Yeah, he's a difficult matchup for me next week, but uh, hopefully he's not going to be back in action. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, game four was another quality battle as the four and seven kicking the squibs took on the seven and four mediocre football team. Only Beasley had a Thanksgiving outing in this one and gave the Squibs a 9.6 lead as full focus shifted to Sunday night's action. The Squibs had some good. Gibson, Allen, OBJ, Henderson. Some bad. Chubb, Jones, Vikings defense. And some ugly. A goose egg from kicker Hopkins. Mediocre football team responded with some bad of their own. Judy, Henry, Metcalf, Gano and the Rams D would all combine for just 18.4 points. Yuck. But their good was in fact great. Herbert, Dylan, Eckler, Waddle and Big Mac himself would each get over 20 and combine for a total of 114.5 points between them. Yummy. A 16.7 point margin of victory therefore. Mediocre football team, claim win number eight. Firmly shrug off that box of chocolates tag in the process. They are clearly the Cadburys of the division and remain top with two weeks to go. As for a kick in the squibs, four wins, eight losses, confirmed out of the playoff race. In fact, they entered the reverse game of this in week three. 2-0, full of the beans and looking strong. A whipping that day by the mediocre football team would lead to just two more wins in ten total weeks of fantasy football. An off-season full of change ahead. Yeah, back to normal service resumes this week. Oh, big fat L. Um, inconsistent <laughs> scoring across the board. Look, it's 
I th- as I said to you before uh, before we uh, started recording, I was just glad that uh, Gibson was able to put up a nice score Monday night and make it uh, make the score look a little more uh, respectable. You know, <laughs> avoid any uh, avoid any beat down of the week tag or anything like that. But uh, no, fair play to Adam. Really, uh, as you as you alluded to, really he's getting consistent now and at the right time, um, putting some uh, nice results together and. With eight and four, uh, firmly in control uh, of his uh, own destiny, and you know, surely playoff bound at this rate. Yeah, yeah, into the playoffs indeed. Well, game five was a low scoring, low scoring slugfest, as the seven and four Kansas Killers took on the struggling three and eight injured reserve. The Killers would have Jonathan Taylor eventually get going against the Bucks and register 19.7 points. After that, the Muth would reach 14 and Jefferson 13. Brady, Tua and Westbrook and Keeney would hit double figures but none would get into the teens. Swift would go down injured. Moore, Kittle, Joseph, the Panthers D would all misfire. In fact, these five combined would only equate to 19.5 points. Woof. A low, low bar of 100.4 points would be the target for victory. The killers, though, well, they'd be blessed this week that they were facing the injured reserve. As anyone else hands them a loss. It doesn't get any easier for the injured reserve as the weeks go by. Russell Wilson had a poor night for the Seahawks but still managed to gather almost 19.5 points in fantasy. After that though, only Brandon Cooks would hit a lofty 13.5 points. Everyone else would fail to hit double figures, with Tevin Coleman topping out at 9 points even. New pickup. Quarterback Derek Carr had 20 points plus, but rode the pines in place of Kenny G. Woof! I reached out to the injured reserves fan base this week, and that one person questioned the ownership and management of such decisions as the team failed to break 90 points for the second week in a row. Kenneth Killers get away with a steal here and move to 8-4. and four. A win away from guaranteed playoff berth and eyeing up a division decider in week 14. The injured reserve now 3-8 and eight and looking beaten after a long, hard season. The owner's position may however be okay after some crafty looking trades the past couple of weeks. 2022 already looking brighter than 2021 <laughs> yeah Kieran definitely getting away with one here really to be fair um important real important win for him all the same uh in the outlook of the division um needed to stay on top of things and this potential banana skin was just he just did enough to get over the line but uh yeah, definitely Anna's future is brighter than his present uh, with uh, some of the trades you alluded to. Um, strange one, as you mentioned, with Derek Carr riding the pines. But look, that's just the kind of season they're having. Just the kind of season they're having. 
It is that. It is that. Well, finally, game six. Saw a divisional matchup between the six and five. Dalvin and the Chipmunks. As they took on the league whipping boys. Two and nine. I might have to trade. Not for the first time this season. I might have to trade. Fail to get any players above the 20 point mark. Gronk and the Pats D did come close. And Tucker, Bridgewater, Cobb and Ryan would each see double digit days. However, Freeman, Sanders, Evans, Gesicki and Hines would all combine for just 28.8 points. As expected, Dalvin and the Chipmunks took full advantage. Prescott, Diggs and Carson led the way on Thanksgiving, combining for 66.8 points. Cook, Hawkinson, Ayuk and Burrow would all hit the teens on Sunday to pile it on. It was a comfortable 23-point win for Dalvin and the Chipmunks, and that moves them to 7-5 and five, and in the fifth seed in the playoffs. With two huge divisional matchups ahead, this team has the widest range of outcomes that includes being divisional winner, having a first-round bye, eking into the playoffs, or missing the playoffs altogether. A big two weeks ahead. The Whipping Boys, a.k.a. I might have to trade. Looking forward to the season ending and taking stock before a run in 2022. Big win for Quinny. Um, obviously, this is a potential banana skin. Uh, he avoids it uh, fairly handily and, you know, keeps himself right there in the mix. As you said, anything could happen with him from missing the playoffs to being seeded with a first round bye. So... You know, it's important for these uh, these big wins. Uh, he had a loss last week, so it was important to get back on track. And, you know, Porik, you know, he should have traded a long time ago. Um, hesitant, and it's showed in his season, 2-10. and ten. It's not a good look, pal. Get the finger out. Indeed it's not. So that brings us forward to week 12's GOAT of the Week. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. This week's Goat of the Week going to Ben and his QB anti-vax side for the second time this season. Destroying, dismantling that so Ravens who were high-flying up to this point. Ben, in a win he had to have, emphatically brings it home. Yeah, huge week for Ben. Fair play to him. Um, you know, like we said earlier, Mixon, Fournette, huge helps in a in a monster score. Um, a win he had to have. Uh, against you know he was up against it with uh playing a juggernaut like Steven. So a uh, big win for Ben. Fair play to him. Go to the week. Indeed, which brings us to Scrote of the week. <laughs> Man. You are one pathetic loser. It's unfortunate that we will have to give the scroll of the week for the second week in a row to Anna Costello. Less than 90 points for a second straight week. Poor decision leaving Derek Carr on the bench. Probably wins in the match. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be unexpected from him. I think he knows himself. Uh, but look... 
the the changes he's made in the last two weeks are for the future, not for the now. So he know he essentially has his eyes on the prize, and the prize is not this year. So he's done well in the last couple of weeks, but poor managerial decisions this week. He could have picked up a win and you know potentially tripped up Kieran in his uh, playoff hopes, but uh, unable to do so. Derek Carr being left on the bench was a big one. Uh, that would have won him the game. So that's you suck. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, he does. Okay, let's look at the road ahead into week thirteen. Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. So, taking a look at how things are mapped out in the league as we're through 12 weeks. The below average Joe's division, tightly contested. 8-4, and four, that's all Ravens. One game clear now of Dalvin and the Chipmunks as they go head-to-head this week. Followed by... One game back, the QB anti-vax. Fighting for their playoff hopes. I might have to trade way back on 2 and 10. Donkey's asses division. Also contested. A 9 and 3. I've got this, I really do. Now two games clear of unnecessary roughness. As they also head up this week. With two matches to go. Greensdale's human beings and the walking dead. Now tied. Five and seven. Who would have thunk that three weeks ago? And finally, the suckiest bunch of sucks division has a tie at the top. Eight and four. Mediocre football team in the eight and four Kenneth Killers on a collision course for a week 14 showdown. Kicking the squibs four games back on four and eight with the injured reserve a further game back on three and nine. And so... Week 13, the business end of the regular season. More juicy and vital matchups coming thick and fast. Much like the NFL picture right now, every game feels like a playoff game. None bigger, for my money, than the below average Joe's clash of the 8 and 4 Natso Ravens and a 7 and 5 Dalvin and the Chipmunks. A win for Quinny could put him to the top of the division. A loss could put him out of the playoffs. A win for Steven puts him in pole position for a playoff bye. And a loss in a battle to survive after being clear for so long. Elsewhere in the division, 6-6 six six QB Antivax comes off their biggest win of the season and looks to get their big balls into the playoff picture as they take on bottom side 2-10 and ten whipping boys. An upset win, however, could put the final nail in a QB anti-vax playoff coffin. Two huge matchups also lined up in the Donkey's Asses division. The 5-7 Walking Dead take on the 5-7 Greensdale's Human Beings. The winner here is an outside shot of a playoff berth. The loser, however, is definitely fighting in the toilet bowl. Massive pressure ahead of a massive game. Elsewhere, the league leaders and playoff bound, 9-3, I got this, are looking to steady the ship after a shocking Week 12 loss 
they take on the 7-5 Unnecessary Roughness who themselves need to win to almost guarantee that playoff berth. Massive, massive games. Finally, to the suckiest bunch of sucks division. Mediocre football team and Kenneth Kidders locked in at 8-4 stalemate top of the division. They're separated for just one more week. Kenneth Killers would appear to have the tougher matchup this week, taking on a 4-8 kick in the squibs, fighting hard for pride and to avoid a weak one toilet bowl by. Mediocre football team take on the 3-8 luckless injured reserve. These games, however, primed for shocks. Yeah, a uh, tale of two halves in a sense this week. I mean, there's half the games, both teams really need to pull that win out. And the other half, uh, potential banana skins for teams that need wins too. So, you know, there's definitely, it wouldn't be just run of the mill now if the teams that were supposed to win won. So there'll be some shocks on the board. Uh, it'll be exciting to see uh, which way they go. Indeed, indeed. Oh, pressure on everybody this week. You gotta love it. That's this is what fancy football is about. This is fancy football. This is where separate the men from the boys who can pull it together and uh, get it done at the business end. You know, especially all those teams in that playoff picture. Lots to play for. Lots to play for. Indeed, indeed. All right, let's have a look at the redraft. If you're not first or last league. Some more big wins in the league this week. None more so than Mr. Green is Mr. Meek Seeks and the Destroyers hammering Dak to the future. Uh, and a top score of 220.26 points. Huge win for Green. Puts him at 8-4. Right up at the top of the league. Unnecessary roughness. Take it out on Dalvin and the Chipmunks. They move to 7-5 and five and right in that playoff p- position. Kenneth Killers take a good one over the Suckiest Bunch of Sucks. They move to 9-3. and three. Suckiest Bunch of Sucks 5-7 and seven and now in a scrap to try and get into that playoff spot. Which has been held by a 6-6 six and six fantasy football team. Who got handed a big loss by my ball Zach Ertz. Three losses in a row now for the fantasy football team. And they are struggling to hang on to that playoff position. But the shock of the week. The 1-10 in 10 Hot Chub Time Machine. Claim victory number two. With a 30 point win. Over to 7-4. Now 7-5. Staff's the way you like it. Big, big win there. Playoff positions. Now it looks like the Kenneth Killers and Mr. Meeksies and the Destroyers confirmed with playoff berths. Unnecessary roughness, my balls that hurts and staffs the way you like it each. Just one game away from similar. Fantasy football team clinging on to number six. Just one game ahead of Dak to the Future and the suckiest bunch of sucks in five and seven. Two ahead of Dalvin and Chipmunks who look out. And a long way back. Two and ten hot chub time machine. Looking forward to next year. Yeah, some uh, some exciting uh, 
There's an exciting battle there for that last playoff spot, it looks like, um, between uh, Keane, Andrew and myself in particular. Uh, could all come down to a, a week 14 matchup with me and Keane. That, uh, that could be on the cards if the results go a certain way this weekend, playing for that last playoff berth. Exciting times. It could it could be because you're all separated this week, so you have what's scheduled to be the easiest matchup playing the 2-10 and 10 Hot Tub Time Machine, whereas the 5-7 and seven Deck to the Future take on the 7-5 and five Staffs the way you like it, the 6-6 six and six Fantasy Football Team take on the 8-4 and four Mr. Meeksies and Destroyers. So all games that have to be won by you guys fighting for that last yeah. spot. Yeah, and yeah, it's going to be an exciting week ahead and... Could tee up a real exciting uh, final regular season week next week. Yeah, absolutely. Elsewhere, the 4-8, and Dalton and Chipmunks clinging on to faint hopes of playoffs. They got to take out the 7-5, and five, my ball, Zach Ertz. But game of the week looks to be the 7-5, and five, Unnecessary Roughness, taking on league leaders 9-3, and three, Kenna's Killers. Yeah, just got a hand of the big L by uh, Kieran here as well. So, uh, you know, he's got a juggernaut of a team there. They're, uh, it's a difficult matchup. It is, but I'm ready. Ready. Alrighty, we are all ready through 12 weeks of fantasy football, which is both exciting and depressing in equal measure, as we are rapidly coming to the close of the 2021 fantasy season. Uh, sad news on sad news. Yeah, it sucks. Um, you know, I wish we were only on week two, you know. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, it's gone too quickly. Uh, all the football we can get is great. And it's funny even, I was just thinking about some of the bad games we had this weekend. I'd still rather be watching those bad games, you know, next April than, you know, anything else. <laughs> but that yeah, is look, for sure. a couple of weeks left in fantasy, a couple of months left in a uh, in a real world American football and you know still lots to play for in fantasy and real life so it's an exciting couple of months ahead absolutely absolutely and I cannot wait to see how it all unfolds both in fantasy land and in real time alrighty don't forget you can hit up the podcast via email ballsdeepdynastypodcast at gmail.com that's Balls Deep Dynasty Podcast at gmail.com. Hit us with your comments, uh, criticisms, uh, smack talk, whatever you want. Uh, hit us up and we'll gladly engage. Yeah, always happy to hear from uh, from everyone and, you know, bring it on. Let's more. The more you engage, the more fun it is for everybody. Indeed. Alrighty, set those lineups for week Number 13, if you have enough players to fill those positions due to injuries and buys and otherwise. But let's bring it on and bring it home. Until next week, we will see you later. Adios.